It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday at Hale Varsity Radio. We're presenting by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you sending thoughts and well wishes as you celebrate Martin Luther King Day. Busy show as we'll dive into uh, quite a weekend of additions, subtractions, and uh, a familiar face back on the Nebraska football roster. We'll get into all of that. Uh, what really happened with Rouse, the offensive tackle, and uh, his uh, destination, uh, Norman, will check in with former, uh, well, Sooner standout at quarterback, but uh, Sooner insider Dean Blevins, his perspective on uh, Walter Rouse as he is off to Norman. Of course, the, the good news for Nebraska fans coming down with MJ Sherman a little bit earlier today, and uh, the reports uh, accurate with Xavier Betts back with the Huskers. Numbers to get in can join us today on Hale Var City Radio. Dial up at 466-3776-466-3776. Toll free, 800-825-5865. Can watch the show and stream us and contribute on the StreamYard platform so many different ways. You have ESPN, Lincoln, Facebook, and Twitter. The YouTube channel, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio, where you can follow that and also catch Coffee and Cream and Damon Benning and Andrew Rogers weekday mornings, 7 to 9. Be sure to check those fellas out. Listen, uh, busy, pretty eventful weekend. And oh, yeah, Elijah, incredible NFL action. We will definitely dive into between Cincinnati hanging on. The Chargers doing the unthinkable, Buffalo surviving and advancing, and what to make of Dallas tonight. I think of my brother-in-law, Andy, Uncle Andy, biggest Cowboy fan I know, and he's not one of these bandwagon Cowboy fans. Uh, grew up, uh, family is really close with Jay Novacek, so he's got a, 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 a local tie with uh, a Cowboy great at tight end, so He's been a Cowboy fan uh, with the uh, Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer years for a long time, and he is absolutely sweating it out uh, tonight. We'll uh, for sure uh, get some perspective on, on the Cowboys. So Dean Blevins in about 20 minutes, and then in hour two, we'll do a Black Shirt Monday for you. Uh, we'll spend time with Mr. Black Shirt Charlie McBride. And then Husker Standout uh, and uh, your uh, co-host with uh, uh, Big Red Wrap-Up, Jay Moore, going to join us. Give us a follow on Twitter uh, at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me. And then Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence for Elijah. Where do we spin? Where do you want to start with the news? 
Let's start with uh, Xavier Betts mm. as uh, with the quickness has uh, weighed in. Uh, crackling audio tube. Whoops. <laughs> Time for a new PC. <laughs> hey, uh, I think we're clean and clear. I don't know. Hey, we can, ta- we can take donations. You can Venmo me at Herbal Essences for a new, uh, a new PC. I promise it'll only go to work. Uh, so any and all yeah. donations are accepted for this new PC. But uh, Brody <laughs> wants to know about bets and the the rundown. And we kind of touched on this this weekend uh, about Xavier and, and where he was at with Nebraska. He was looking at maybe portaling to Pittsburgh. And uh, Nebraska and Coach Rule reached out. And uh, the conversation began as things progressed over the weekend Uh, There was a couple of meetings that went on. You had a 6 p.m. meeting with the team in Rule, and then they uh, had the the, the team dinner that maybe you saw on social media last night uh, as winter conditioning uh, gets going this week. Classes are back a week from today, the 23rd. And uh, you had uh, a really cool situation, too, with Rule, where there's an optional parent meet and greet uh, from four to six yesterday, but uh, Betts, of course, took off March of 2022, entered the portal the third, and that's where Coach Rule made contact with Betts. Uh, Betts uh, back with Nebraska. That is the good news. You're going to get uh, close personal attention, I would believe, by Matt Rule and, of course, uh, the new wide receivers coach, uh, a priority to to make sure Betts is comfortable, but also have an accountability, right, for for Betts and, and everybody in the program. You cannot deny this. 18 games, uh, 32 receptions, 417 yards, catching the football, three carries, 109 yards. That burst to the end zone, as you remember so well, against Northwestern, 109 yard, nine yards. So 35 touches, uh, almost uh, 550 yards of total offense and two touchdowns in limited touches for Xavier Betts. The guy is a game changer. He's a difference maker. He's just got to be on the field, and it's up to him to know every situation and all situations. It's also Nebraska's job to get that out of him, but at least you have him still in the 402 area code and he isn't going to go be making plays somewhere else. But above all, you want Xavier to be happy, healthy, and uh, ready to, to rock and roll on the field and off the field. Sometimes you need a break. He got that break, and I think he's ready to get back at it and, and be, uh, be the talent that he is and, and of course, be the, the, the fine young man that, that he is. Well, I mean, look at what you have in the wide receiver room if Xavier Betts comes back and is, is close to his former self because what he was previously was a guy who – had the athleticism to be a starter on the football field. Just kind of had to put it all together. Any, any team, any conference. Any, yes, I agree with that 100%. So you look at Betts, combine that with Marcus Washington. You'll have Malachi Coleman coming in who, I mean, what do you expect from your freshman? This is a conversation that we've had over the past week or so because of what we saw from Georgia. Malachi Coleman is the perfect mold for the kind of guy that you want to see the field his true freshman season. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter, but a guy who, as the season goes on, works himself into a bigger and bigger role. And you know what? He's around a whole bunch of experienced guys that can pick up some of his slack whenever he makes freshman mistakes because that's what freshmen are going to do. They're going to make mistakes. But I think Malachi Coleman, based on 
pure raw athleticism and, and, and sheer physical talent is good enough to, to see the field his freshman year. He's got that kind of speed, explosiveness, and height. And whenever you look at what the wide receiver room is right now with the return of Xavier Betts, you have Marcus Washington already around. Alante Brown was all right in the slot last season, and I think you can expect some more from him in the slot this year. Uh, we learned today uh, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda is coming back, and I think he's a guy who could be at least uh, a spot role player guy in that wide receiver room. You have a decent looking wide receiver room, and then you can add in a freshman Malachi Coleman who can go in and show flashes. The coaching staff just needs to figure out how to utilize him the right way. And that wide receiver room goes from being a place that a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, you went, there's some talent there. It might not be the, the best on the offense to being a room that realistically is a shot of being the best position group on that offense just on pretty much – an addition or two. You know what you have in the running back room that uh, Coach uh, Barthol's excited about? You know, you've got a couple of experienced quarterbacks. The offensive line situation, you've got guys that have played a lot of football. You factor in the addition of Billy Kemp uh, at, at the wide mm-hmm. receiver spot as I, well. Another guy who's going to be great in the slot with Lante Brown. And I'm not penciling in Kemp as the starter over Brown just now. I think there's going to be competition because we have Kemp, options. Kemp's got a, a, a playbook to learn and a new coaching staff to try to impress and a new weight staff and just a whole bunch of change. But you have competition. You have talent in that wide receiver room. And I'm agreeing with you 100% on that point. Well, and it's uh, really about management now. Management buy-in, young head coach that's just a couple of years older, maybe the same age. If you look at Marcus Washington, Coach McGuire comes in. Don't kid yourself, Matt Rule will be very hands-on uh, with the relationship. It just doesn't stop once you sign the papers. Matt Rule will be hands-on with guys that, that need some extra attention and some specific attention. And uh, you have Xavier Betts that was able to connect with uh, Coach Rule. There's a comfort level and uh, good stuff from Brady Oltman's HailVarsity.com. Check his workout on the Betts edition. So that is uh, a familiar name that is back. A new name that is part of this revamp when it comes to Nebraska's defensive line. What did Matt Rule say day one uh, on, 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 on college game day? What did he say day one at the Hawks practice facility? The emphasis is on the offensive and defensive lines. That trend continues with Nebraska able to get, uh, and it's not a a line position, but it does affect the line, and that is going to be MJ Sherman, a a borderline five-star talent that uh, was at Georgia for three years, never cracked the starting lineup, but did his work on special teams. Nebraska able to land MJ Sherman uh, we'll have some comments from MJ Sherman. Did a sit down here just a few weeks back with DogNation.com, and they uh, they kind of a meet and greet interview type setting with him. But with with uh, Sherman, I mean this setup for Nebraska is pretty unique. And and what it looks like right now when you look at the rebuild of the defensive line. Where has Nebraska gone? They've gone to the SEC for a couple of spots, one on the uh, interior of this presumed 3-3-5 defense and then also additions to be difference makers, stress makers off the edge. 
at outside linebacker with Chief Borders and MJ Sherman. Okay, uh, those are those are just a couple of the, of the names that you get from SEC country, Florida, and of course, uh, don't forget about uh, 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 Elijah Judy mm, uh, out of A&M. Texas A and M. He's a defensive lineman. So there's three SEC gets: Georgia, Florida, A and M. You have Wallen from JUCO, and you also do have. Uh, the option here with guys that have been in the program. Jamari Butler, Blaze Gunnerson, two guys you like their athleticism. You know Ty Robinson and Nash Huttmacher are back. Roquan Buckley is still a part of the program. So there, there, there are guys who've been in the program. There's guys that have seen some time and, and played well in their limited opportunity. And then you go to the portal to, to supplement because you, you did lose Mathis, you did lose Garrett Nelson, you did lose Caleb Tanner. So in short order, Nebraska now nine transfers in. And this happened pretty quickly. Happened pretty quickly as you had, and what is it now, eight, eight Georgia players have jumped into the portal since the championship. And the Georgia culture is one of... Well, it's one of championships. They get who they want. They're like Alabama. They're like Ohio State. They kind of pick who they want if you can make the cut. And Sherman was the number six player in the country, all right, the number one player out of the D.C. era uh, area in his, uh, in, his, in his prep school. I mean, the guy was just a holy terror in high school. And in three years at Georgia, he put his nose down and contributed where he could, which was special teams. That's how good Georgia's been on the line of scrimmage. On uh, Frankly, that's how good they've been in their front seven. So it's not like he can't beat a, a, a so-so player out. He's been stuck behind guys. You ask the question, Elijah, why do guys want to leave? What's the reason? And after three years, if you've been around that Georgia program, Am I going to play or not? Would I have played already? Or is there just too much talent stacked against me? Not that I'm not a good player, but there's just really, really good talent in the room. And the question is, is MJ Sherman more Trey Palmer or Stephon Winks? We said the same thing about those two guys last cycle. Both these guys, they, they were high-level talents coming out of high school. They were both stuck behind some first-round talents in their locations uh, with uh, – win down at Alabama and with Palmer down Mm -hmm. at LSU both those guys were were in a similar spot where you go okay are they not playing because they haven't quite lived up to potential are they not playing because they're just stuck behind so much talent that's the question that we have with Sherman right now he's a very very high level talent was highly sought after coming out of high school was considered to be a guy that you know what if he goes and lives up to potential he's a a second or third round pick if he goes and and performs like you'd expect a a Georgia defender to perform he's going to be a first round pick he's got that kind of physical ability to him the question is is why was he sitting is it just because there's top 10 picks ahead of him and you know what he's more of a late bloomer needed some time to develop in college and now he gets a chance to go shine elsewhere is it because you know what he he gets to college and he wasn't quite living up to that billing of what he could have well, been it's with a tough transition and it's a very tough transition especially at a place like georgia so that's the question and in my mind when you listen to his maturity and how he conducts himself on a football field i'd lean towards the fact that he's just stuck behind top 10 picks and he gave it his all at georgia and you know what there's always more talent coming up at georgia and he's gonna have to fight to the nail just to see the field at georgia despite the fact that he's a good football player and he's saying you know what i can go step into a room at nebraska that's losing oshan mathis and garrett nelson and and i can step in right away and go make a difference that's how i see it but 
time will tell with that, especially as we get through spring football and into the fall. Well, do I have a better chance of getting on the field X or Y, right? And you mentioned Win. Win still has a year, uh, and, and that's a name to to add. He's not declared. No, and I'm not I'm not writing him off no, from no, a defensive no, but line. That's room, a but fair take. Do you get the the Palmer production, or is it more? spot like win where you know what he, okay. he's, he's a good voice to have in the room he's been at a place that he, he's seen how the, the winners do it and you know what? he's going to be a good leader in that room but when i don't think contributed like we thought he would along the defensive line last year and that, that's the question in my mind with a guy like sherman all right walter rouse that's the uh the, the third part of this trifecta when you look at bets you look at sherman and walter rouse the offensive tackle wednesday coming to lincoln thursday friday we're even Saturday morning, we're chatting about, okay, man, uh, offensive tackle is a position of need, and Nebraska will still try and go get an offensive tackle. Don't kid yourself before things are said and done here uh, once spring football wraps. So uh, what's the story behind Walter Rouse? Why did he go and say yes to Nebraska and then flip to Oklahoma? We'll get the answer next from Dean Blevins. Dean Blevins, longtime Sooner insider. Get his take on the situation. It's Hale Varsity, and we're presented by Currency. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office. Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with us, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Dean Blevins joins us, uh, former Sooner standout, of course, News 9 in Oklahoma City, the sports animal, uh, all over the Sooners and Cowboys, Thunder as well, at Dean Blevins on Twitter. Dean, what's the good word? Happy Monday. Thanks for the time. Well, the good word is the sun is up, and uh, everyone uh, that we know of around here is doing well and uh, moving forward. Well, I had to ask you, I wanted to get some Sooner insight with uh, with Walter Rouse. We were spending, I don't know, uh, he committed to Nebraska last week, midweek, and Spent a couple of shows talking with some offensive line minds, and they're real excited about the Stanford prospect. We get done with our Saturday morning show, cooking some scrambled eggs, and hey oh, <laughs> Walter Rouse is going to Norman. Give us some insight as to, uh, to Rouse uh, finding his way down to, uh, to OU. You know, the, the first thing I, I, I thought about when you called the other day was, Oklahoma has been a program that, uh, of course, recruits against 
oftentimes the Alabamas and the others of the world, and A&M here particularly, they, they had a commitment from uh, David Hicks, the, the, the defensive tackle, and uh, A&M uh, snagged him. Uh, Oklahoma's probably lost as many commits as any program I can remember because they're recruiting against the big guys. Although I, I do, I have got to say, Venables and company did get Peyton Bowen back into the fold after he publicly had committed. He's the, the five-star safety that committed to Oregon but was also committed to Oklahoma, and he came back around. So these commitments are, are odd. Rouse is such an intelligent, sharp, you know, together guy I can see how uh, it would baffle some people. I don't know everything about it. I, uh, Bill Biedenbow is the uh, offensive line coach at Oklahoma and a friend. Um, I put him on a, on a list. In fact, Stoops uh, just liked the tweet that I put out a day or two ago after you called. I think I was doing some homework, and I, and I just remembered Oklahoma's had three offensive linemen that were hired by Stoops that – would match any others anywhere. Mark Mangino, mm-hmm. Kevin Wilson, who, of course, was the head coach in Indiana, Ohio State assistant, now at Tulsa, and then Bill Biedenboe. So they come at it from a, from a really strong history standpoint. And then current day, you know, they're, they're, they're really pumping these offensive linemen into the league. The first two, uh, the first team, two offensive tackles, all pro this season are Lance Johnson and Trent Williams. So they've got a lot to sell. But, hey, I've been there on losing recruits and commits. Um, I don't know how good Rouse is. I mean, he's started 39 games, and he is a brilliant guy. Um, Who knows? I I think he will come in and compete is all I heard. I didn't hear that he was just going to come in, and he's such a killer that he'll, he'll dominate from day one. So I understand how these things happen, and I will tell you this. Oklahoma has one of the most ineffective NIL programs for when you compare the top 15 or 20 schools in the country. They do not, they have not uh, bought players, been able to go out. And so this wasn't a Rouse thing where, at the la- I can tell you this, this wasn't a thing where Rouse, at the last minute, was offered $500,000. Texas is the place that has taken three of Bedenboe's four- and five-star offensive linemen, and they decommitted, called him, cried all about it, and basically they said, hey, they're telling us that we stay for four years, they'll pay us $200,000. So they're paying 50000 a year for any offensive lineman that comes down there. Oklahoma is unable to do that, and it's not part of their mentality anyway. So from a bought standpoint, and that would be the first thing I would look at if I were a fan. Mm-hmm. I would say, well, they've stepped up and bought him. Well, um, I'll say that's absolutely uh, not true. It comes down to what you alluded to with all pros in the league and history on the offensive line of previous hires and current guy there. OU's putting... Fair to say 60% of your offensive line uh, from freshman year through senior year, three or five getting drafted by the time they're, they're eligible, junior or senior? Yeah, they really are. And the ones they're putting in are like Creed Humphrey was second team. <laughs> right. His first season, he was all pro. He's fabulous. So there were three basic first team all pro caliber linemen that, uh, you know, that, that Bill 
um, had thrown out there. So uh, I hate it. Uh, I hate it from the Nebraska standpoint because, you know, Nebraska is my second favorite team. And I got on your show when people were upset about the hire of Matt Rule. And I said, guys, you're crazy. Uh, may not be the greatest recruiter in the world, but he'll bring in enough talent and then he'll coach him to a bunch of wins. And I still do believe that. Um, but I will add one other thing, mm-hmm. uh, and that is Brent Venables wears his faith on his sleeve. And it is God and faith are talked about openly. And this has been a program since he's gotten back here that has attracted um, athletes and coaches who buy into that. And I'm a son of a Baptist minister, and I won't get into it, but I have the same beliefs. I'm not like Brent in terms of, you know, it's just out there all the time. But I hope you understand my point here, Chris, Mm -hmm. is that I think this young man um, could have been influenced in that regard because Brent is an unbelievable salesman. And then when you throw in that part of it, that element, um, he can win a lot of uh, competition. Matt Rule has done, you know, just Nebraska was hovering in somewhere in the 40s with when Rule was announced and. Nebraska able to end up and close in a top 25 yeah. fashion, and yeah. they've gotten some portal gets, but uh, Rouse needed some clarification, and you painted that picture perfectly as to, to what went down. And it sounds like Venables just really, really connected with uh, with Rouse, and I know in Rouse's statement uh, his faith was was mentioned uh, in, from the get-go in, in that uh, that tweet. Dean, before we uh, we move to the, the Cowboys game tonight, I want to quickly ask you, following that debut season for Brent Venables, what's the, the mood around this Oklahoma program? Is there any hot seat talk with Venables? Does there need to be drastic improvement in, in year two, or, or what's at stake here this offseason? You know, I don't know about the hot seat part of it because they're going to be going into the SEC, and I think most of us believe now, not this season, but the following season. Mm-hmm. So they have so much ground to make up in terms of wins and losses. I think the expectation next year, they have three games they should win in non-conference. So I think that anything uh, less than a 9-3 season is going to get some people really upset. But are you really going to fire a guy uh, going into the SEC who's popular? I mean, I don't know. And, and I've been pretty critical of Brent. Uh, and he's a friend of mine. I do his show, but, but I, I know his weaknesses. And one of them is he better quit coaching. He better quit being the defensive coordinator. He can't be a head coach and defensive coordinator because he's never been a head coach, and it hurt him a lot this year. So there is some pressure there, uh, and they lost a lot of people. They got a great recruiting class, number four or five in the country, uh, but at the same time, those kids aren't going to come in and, and turn them around. So I think it's going to be a challenging year. Anything less than nine and three will have people buzzing and make for a lot of controversy because you're going into that SEC following year. Dean Blevins with us, Hale Varsity Radio News 9, Oklahoma City Sports Director, Sports Animal in Oklahoma City. Dean, the Cowboys tonight, what is at stake uh, for this uh, Cowboys squad beyond just moving on successful regular season but it's been 30 years since dallas has won a playoff road game yeah yeah it goes back to does it go back to coach switzer i think it does it does i mean barry's um, the last one yeah. to get it handled it was, it was the 1992 <laughs> yeah. season january of 93 was the last time they went yeah. on the road they beat the 49ers yeah okay okay 
Um, 92, okay. Well, uh, they, I mean, it's huge. I mean, these guys, it, it's its a talent mismatch. I mean, I really think that Dallas has substantially better overall talent in Tampa. What does that mean with Dak at quarterback and with their their tendency to play below um, capability? It means that if Tom Brady is on and they give him time, that it could be a, a game where it'll be one that goes to the wire. And based on these other ones that we've seen that we really didn't expect to be that close, they all have been. So I would think that it would come down to that. And I guess I saw a two-and-a-half-point line. Yeah. Dallas is good enough in terms of talent to be uh, an eight-point favorite. But uh, they just have a tendency of not playing up to their potential. Um, and and I, I'm kind of concerned about the game. I, I, repercussions, if that's what you're asking about. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Jerry would fire himself, but I wish he would take a real hard look at the head coach. <laughs> that's where I'm going. Uh, if, McCar- yeah. if McCarthy is, is not the answer, what type of guy? What what type of guy does it take to work for Jerry? I think who he will definitely go after, and I think he's going to take the job is Matt Rule. I know that'll upset you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Drinks are spilled you everywhere. You should have seen the, the look that Schmidt and I just gave each other. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, my friend. No. Oh Lord, no, I don't know. You know, he he and Sean Payton are are really tight, but. What that means to me is that Sean Payton knows he really doesn't want to coach for Jerry. Uh, but uh, he's pretty connected. And he's come out and said uh, pretty positive things about regardless of what happens. But I tell you what, if they go out and lose this one, it, it, it's going to be hard to, to keep him as a head coach. I don't really know. You know, their offensive coordinator, well, I'm missing his name, uh, the, the, the coordinator, Kellen. Kellen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a whiz. I don't know if he's at the stage, although he's been getting opportunities, I think, right now to be interviewed for a head coaching job. I don't know if he's ready to step into that position, but it wouldn't surprise me uh, if he went with him. Well, that'd be interesting with with Kellen there. And, of course, uh, you have uh, defensive coordinators getting sniffed uh, around by a couple of different openings, and Peyton may look at Denver. That's what I was going to say. You're right, because he, if you keep him as head coach, you know, he stays. So, I would think. So I was thinking the same thing there, Brian, as you started that. Right. Dean Blevins with us, News 9, Oklahoma City. Follow Dean on Twitter, at Dean Blevins. Dean, always a pleasure to get caught up. Thanks for your insight and uh, the scare a little bit ago with uh, with Rule and Dallas. Uh, he was just kidding, folks. Uh, Dean, uh, you have yourself a good week, and, and we'll uh, check in soon, bud. I will, and, and I, I really uh, I feel for Nebraska in this situation. I personally don't think that this is a guy that's going to come in and be an All-American and be a real difference maker. Uh, maybe Matt Rule feels differently. I know the great things he said about him, and, he's, it, and from what I've seen and heard, it, it's, it's legit. But at the same time, I, I don't think it's just an absolute killer. But I'm not in your program. I'm not in your state day by day. Um, and so uh, I probably shouldn't go too far. You guys have a great one. Anytime you need me, I'd be happy to talk. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. 
That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you at Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Big thanks to Dean Blevins. Sooner Insider, News 9, Oklahoma City, Sports Animal, and uh, knows a few things about the Dallas Cowboys as well. His take on uh, Walter Rouse and why he ended up in Oklahoma. That segment will be up on the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. You can hear Dean or hear the whole show uh, when you go check out Hale Varsity Radio, the video and uh, show stream at the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Quickly, quickly, I do have a a quick correction to make from our interview with Dean, and that's that the Cowboys' losing streak in road playoff games actually goes back to before Barry Switzer. It goes to Jimmy Johnson. Right. They lost to Detroit in 91, and then they went back-to-back in Super Bowls 92, 93. And that, that 92 season was the one where they went on the road. They beat the 49ers 30 to 20 in San Fran. Followed up in 93. They had home field advantage. They took down the 49ers at home. Since that 92 season, they are yet to win a road playoff game, which is just a pretty incredible stat. Right. And I think Barry took over in 94 mm-hmm. and then lost in the AFC, NFC title game in 94. And then they won it in 95. They won the Super Bowl, I think, over Pittsburgh. In, uh, in 95. Yes. Correct. We are on the road Wednesday. We want to see you down at Rosie's downtown pre-Husker basketball. Uh, we're there four to six. Rosie's downtown just south of the embassy. Before you head on over to PBA, swing by, say what's up. As, uh, we're getting geared up for Nebraska-Ohio State monster game for Nebraska as they've had a couple of tough ones. Illinois and then Purdue, they were shorthanded. Chance to regroup. And uh, they, they need it. Ohio State's been fading and floundering a bit. Still really good squad for Ohio State, but they got ranked and then kind of hit a wall. So really do or die for, for both teams. And right now, if you're Nebraska, you can't get into a funk right now where you get into a prolonged tailspin. And it's tough. Uh, you didn't have Sam the other night with his hip. Uh, Gary's not going to be back anytime soon, per Fred in his post-game radio show. There'll be media availability tomorrow, so we'll have some comments from Fred, uh, Coach Hoiberg. But teams playing hard. They've had their moments despite their offense. The effort's been what you appreciate as a Nebraska fan, but you want to see some wins. And there's been glimpses of, well, near misses with the the first time they took on Purdue. Uh, you get a, a win at Minnesota, and, and that's supposed to happen because Minnesota's not very good, but you can't take it for granted if you're Nebraska. You beat Creighton on the road, which was a wow, and uh, you were right there. K-State's turned out to be a pr- pretty damn good basketball team, and that was about a 12- to 15-pointer. So, you know, can you stabilize and dig deep and find a way against Ohio State without Gary? He's been so big with his rebounding, his leadership, his physicality, his toughness. Uh, where do you go without Gary for a, for an extended period? And what I've noticed without Gary, just shortened to the point here, is it's almost felt like defensive communication has been lacking yep. since Jawan Gary's been out. There's been a lot more times where you just see a, a guy standing wide open from three defensive breakdown. And 
I mean, Jawan Gary brings the effort defensively. He's a great defender, but I think the Huskers might actually be missing the, the communication he brings defensively even more, which obviously that's not something that necessarily shows up whenever you're watching the game on TV, but you notice it when Jawan Gary isn't there. So uh, if he's out for a, a prolonged period of time, which I said last week, whenever you have a guy usually that has a, a history of uh, shoulder dislocations, the, the more and more times it happens, the less and less time you spend out. So I was hoping it would be a, a short a short time out for Jawan Gary, but as you said, post game after Purdue, it sounds like it may be a little bit more prolonged for Jawan Gary. So you hope there's not any more damage than just some sort of simple dislocation because we know he's dealt with that that injury in his past. That's where he wears the shoulder brace. So you, you hope for not only for Jawan Gary's sake, but also for the team's sake that he's going to be back sooner rather than later. Well, he's your ultimate glue guy. Not to go cliche, but you need a glue guy on any important team, and and he is that. So uh, you have the Dog Nation. Uh, YouTube channel. That's Georgia's football YouTube channel. Uh, And you have some comments we were able to grab. And this has made the rounds a little bit today from MJ Sherman. And just a little backdrop into Sherman, a little bit from him on his personality, what makes him tick. And uh, just reality here about Moving on from, okay, I'm not getting on the field on third down pass rush, pass rush situations. I'm not playing every down, but, man, I can help my football team in special teams. And that's where Gary started off his question and answer situation. How seriously do you take that role playing on special teams? Oh, I take it very seriously. Honestly, it's like... <laughs> Every day we try to fight for opportunities and show that we're capable of doing what we got to do on the field, honestly. So, like, just as serious how you take your 9-to-5 job is as serious I take my special teams job because that's what we got to do. Um, basically, I take a lot of pride in fulfilling my job and help helping the team win. And I felt like that I, I try to do that every week and specifically last week. So. So special teams, that's where I can help. That's where I can thrive. More from Gary, what he's learned at Georgia and uh, what he'll bring to Lincoln uh, with that Georgia culture. One, one thing one thing that I, I'm comfortable admitting that I lacked a little bit was when it came, came to my pass rushing skills. You know what I mean? Like high school balls, high school, I was able to put my hands on somebody and drop it back to the quarterback. But um, SEC football is not like that. There's big boys on that front line. So, and you got to able to use your God-given talent to do what you got to do. And not that I was naive to that. It was more so like, how can I do it efficiently? So like guys like who's still here right now, Nolan, you know, Adam, um, you know, everybody else like that, you know what I'm saying? Like just talking to those guys and like even Robert Beal and stuff like that, just talking to those guys and be like, hey man, how did you do this? You know, watching it on film, like, okay, it's okay. And I'll ask them in person, like, hey, how did you do this? Or I, I used to do this real childish stuff. I don't want to call it childish, but it was like it brought the freshman out of me. As soon as as soon as I've done the rep, I'll run over to them like, hey, how was that? Did I do it good? You saw how you saw what I did, and you know what I mean. But it was more so in effect like I just want to. I'm a big emphasis of I have a big emphasis on doing something right. If I if I if I do it on the field, I want to make sure it's right because once again, we it's a defense. All eleven work on a string like a puppet, and we gotta do what we gotta do best. So background here for Sherman, uh, Mikhail, his, ner- his first name, and MJ's the, the nickname. His dad is in Liberia. His dad is a political figure, a senator, uh, Varney Sherman, and a little bit of insight to 
uh, MJ Sherman's family dynamic. My daddy, he did a, he did he did a lot of things when he was young, a lot of academic achievements. He went to Harvard or whatnot, but um. He was a lawyer for some time, but now he's a senator of Liberia. He's really doing what he got to do to, uh, to change the political atmosphere in Liberia and Africa to make him to a more, um, you know, yeah, make him a better country and everything like that. But I can't really get into political stuff. It's the reason why I'm playing football. <laughs> what, um, what were some of the main lessons that, that you've taken from him? And is it hard not being able to you know, really see him in person? Um, main lessons for real that I took from him was basically like, go back to one of our core traits that we have right now is basically resiliency you know imagine there was a civil war that broke out in liberia if you never not known there was a civil war that broke out which forced a lot of immigrants to america and <laughs> through all of that he still kept his um, political atmosphere his political status and did whatever he had to do to make sure that that stayed there you know what i mean so that is a little bit uh, behind the curtain with mj sherman with Dog Nation. We'll wind down hour one with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. As uh, we'll get uh, deep into the playoffs, uh, Cincinnati reaction from Zach Taylor's roommate or standout Husker, better known as Jay Moore, coming up here at 525. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. His take on uh, the recruiting wins uh, for Nebraska and Coach Rule in about 10 minutes. Also, what needs to happen as a defensive coordinator to keep a lead. Problematic for the Chargers, uh, almost problematic for the Bills. More playoff discussion as uh, Cousins and company just couldn't make it happen. You and I both know a ton of Viking fans, and you feel sick for them. Don't know as many Giant fans, but I know they're smiling today. Yeah, it was a great game, fun to watch. I, I lived with a uh, Vikings fan briefly this fall, Will Bauer, former producer of Hale Varsity Radio. He was in the house, and, and he said all now fall long. Now he's out wandering in traffic. No, he said all fall long. He said, it's okay. These guys are frauds. They're going to have a great regular season. They're going to blow it in the postseason. At least Vikings fans are realistic. I can I can appreciate that about them. Will Dallas and McCarthy and Dak say, hold my beer, Minnesota? Well, they say, hold my beer, L.A. I still I like Dallas. San Diego. I still like Dallas tonight because we'll we'll, we'll get ready for it in, in one hour. Staking a beer. It, it's not that bold to say. It's how the playoffs go. But I think whoever wins the battle of the rushing attacks tonight will win the football game. And I sure. like Dallas's chances to go win the battle of of rushing. And obviously, the problem it's, is when you throw that pick six. <laughs> well, and you don't want to bet against Tom Brady because he's been there and he's done that in the postseason. But Dallas has a pass rush that I think can affect Tom Brady tonight. And I guess we'll see it. It. It may be the game of the weekend, which is crazy to say after the, all the awesome games we had, but that's just how the wild card weekend goes. But I'm really looking forward to this one tonight. Make sure you get buckled up using your seatbelt. Saves lives, prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So Nebraska able to add a uh, another commit here. And uh, Brady Oltman's of Hale Varsity Uh, tweeting this out. Let's get you the update on that. Uh, We're probably about uh, 20 minutes late. I'll make it 45 minutes late. But Mason Jones, uh, the standout athlete, uh, Mason Jones, out of Omaha Burke, committing to Nebraska. So that's pretty big time. Uh, Burke and uh, more Metro talent uh, for Nebraska. And uh, 
You uh, look at the roster numbers. And Elijah, I know you've seen scholarship distribution in Nebraska right now. What are they at? 94? Uh, 95, I believe. 95. And with, with Mason, I'm not sure, is he a preferred walk-on or is he a Scully guy? Do not know. Don't know, don't know that. Forgive me on that. Uh, the Matt Rule <laughs> bar tour uh, with the game ball, should he follow in Zach Taylor's footsteps around the capital city? After big wins. Well, what, what, Jim Harbaugh is coming back to Michigan. Michigan comes to Lincoln next year. Uh, I'm assuming that would clearly count as a big win. You take down Michigan and Lincoln. I mean, just imagine the mental image of Matt Rule walking into the bar of the bar after oh, a game. Well, I, I think so. He would walk into the bar of the bar. Order himself a slinky. He might order a slinky. <laughs> he might or, order just uh, a, a nice bourbon. Neat. And I love the relax. bar of the bar, but I'm not sure the bar of the bar is the place you want to go for a I think it's the, fr- I'm, I'm, it's the first place you go. <laughs> it's the first place you go with that game ball after you beat Michigan. Just a suggestion. And then you can you can either keep that as tradition or find our boy Scotty at Duffy's or, or go wherever. So Charlie McBride, we'll ask him this question. Where would T.O. have gone? <laughs> <laughs> Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, it's Hour 2 at Tail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll spend some time with Jay Moore here in about 25 minutes. Uh, former Sooner and Sooner Insider Dean Blevins with us. Last Hour podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Get it downloaded. Tell us what you think. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt himself. A Monday with Charlie. Charlie McBride with us. Coach, how are we doing today? I don't know. Do are we kick off this weekend or what? <laughs> we we aren't kicking <laughs> off, but uh, Nebraska's had a bit of a whirlwind uh, on the recruiting trail. They they got a kid out of Georgia. They lost a kid that said he was coming to Nebraska from Stanford. And uh, Betts, the wide receiver out of Omaha, is back on the team. So two and one, I guess, is how I I put the uh, the tally down this weekend. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, the kid from Omaha will do more for our football team than the kid from Stanford. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I look. You know, the thing about taking a one-year guy is that they're always stepping in front of somebody who could, you know, eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice to have if you have them and sure. all that kind of stuff, but it's kind of discouraging to the ones that have been working hard and, and are really good players. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
but again, they add to the depth, so you don't know, and maybe you're better off the way it was. Well, and, and that's where I kind of want to go. You, you've had a bit of a, a makeover with Nebraska on the defensive line right now. The, the the kid we're talking about, MJ Sherman, isn't a defensive lineman, but he's an outside linebacker. He's a pass rush guy that you know was good enough to to be at Georgia and and did his work on special teams. Couldn't really. Uh, see the field all that often uh, Chief Borders is a kid they got uh, out of Florida he's also an outside backer Elijah Judy is from Texas A&M so there's three SEC kids that have multiple years to play to come in of course you're trying to make up for the loss of Nelson Mathis and Tanner but you still have Nash you still have um, uh, uh, Robinson and, uh, and you have the, the Wallen kid out of JUCO as well. So Nebraska making it a priority on both lines of scrimmage, Coach. Right. Well, they're, they're going to be fine. I mean, if I was coaching, I'd be happy. You know, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be in a full pout. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I think you got some bodies there that, can, that you can work with. And, um, I'm sure that's kind of the way they feel. The other thing is, if you put, you got to remember, if you play that the three five or three whatever they call it, three four two or five whatever it is, um, you're going to end up with somebody. Some of those backers may switch around because they're better blitzers, mm-hmm. and uh, so you don't know. You know, when you take the kid from Georgia, you know if uh, I know they don't take people that can't run. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. and, and so, you know, there, and he may not be the greatest player in the world, but he is a player mm-hmm. or they, you know, and um, so, you know, and he, he's a year older and he knows what he wants to do and he sees some light at the end of the tunnel. And so, it, you know, he may be a plus, a real plus as far as, you know, being a guy that they can plug in. Should be noted that uh, that Sherman did, in fact, run a four-five-three forty-yard dash his senior year of high school, so he can run, Charlie. You're right there. Well, if it, in the forty, you know, you, you know, it's 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 a, it's a funny thing because uh, you know I've always looked not at defensive linemen. Now he's he's a backer. Or he might, you know, he may if he runs that fast, he may be a nickel. But you know, uh, the, the speed part of it is is with alignment. A lot of times, is you get a big body and you say, "Well, he runs a five-two. Well, he may run a, a you know a one point eight ten or mm. something or one six and and be the fastest ten-yard guy. And that that's the guy you want because he's got explosiveness. He can get to the passer and a lot of things. And the same thing goes. That's why I said everybody goes to forty yard dash time. I want to know what they run the ten in and then twenty in because that's where the guys that are great pass rushers can really smoke. Mm. You know, and they all talk about people. You hear people talking about the first step. Well, that's that's a great example of a guy that has a first step, a guy that has good ten time. And when you have it on electric, you know, when you're what I call it electric, it may be. Who knows what it is now? But well, different kinds of stuff. But it's it's uh, important, I think, for a lot of your guys to get that time. And and the forty is okay. That's fine. 
how many times is a defensive lineman going to run 40 yards? No, he, he, didn't, he, he didn't raise his hand to do it real often, I don't think. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, you're looking at and, and 20 is fast is important, too. All of those things, you know, you can you look at and you can, you know, you can say, well, the kid runs a 20, like, better than anybody, but he doesn't run a 40 that good. Well, he might be a good enough linebacker to find out how you get from here to there quick, mm. <laughs> you know. So it, there's a lot of different different things, and I've always said if you really want to find out how fast a guy can run, you put a football uniform on him and time him. Yeah, that makes sense. Charlie McBride's with us on Monday with Charlie, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, you, you, you mentioned first step, right? First step for a pass rusher. Who are mm-hmm. some of, the, who are some of the, the players you coached that had that great first step that you remember? Well, and I remember, you know, Wiscombe was a guy that didn't run, a, wasn't a super 40 guy, but his, I'll bet you his 10 was was fast, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't remember what it was. But, his, you know, those are, the, those are the guys that are, you know, you find out, well, this kid doesn't run a 40 as good, and, and, and that doesn't count, you know, when it comes down to, to getting to the passer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was one of them. I think, you know, another guy that didn't, you know, you wouldn't think was uh, way back when was George Andrews. Okay. I mean, he he could get he could get places fast. In fact, he ended up playing for the Rams, and and again, he played. He was very very intelligent, and he learned both. I think a couple of linebacker positions as a rookie, and uh, so he was really valuable to them. Uh, you know, when he started out, and and it. So there's so many different things that you don't see in the newspaper about kids. Now, uh, Jason Jason Peter was another guy that could get, you know, had a, he could have played. Well, he did play defensive end in the NFL, and that, that's kind of where I thought he would end up going, and he did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have guys like that, and, and uh, when I go back and look at my nose tackles, you know, everybody says, well, get some big bloto in there and let him take a couple of blocks. Well, we played a defense that required a, a little qu- quicker nose, to, uh, nose guard. Mm-hmm. And so Kerry Winemaster, he could, he could get it. You know, I mean, if you look at it, he looks like a dump truck. But, I mean, he could, he could move his feet now. And he had natural instincts and stuff like that. He had things that were God-given to him. Oh, and uh, so, you know, there's guys like that that I, you know, I can remember Odious Lee was another guy behind, played when Kerry did, mm-hmm. was another guy that really, you know, really played well. And I think his son played down at Kansas this year, defensive end. And so, you know, there's there's there were a lot of guys that could do it. I mean, you know, it could get off the ball. Rod Horn looked like another truck, and he could get off the ball good. Bill Barnett, a guy that, uh, those young guys that I had, I knew more about them because there was less of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have the depth we had later on. Coach, and, and, yeah. no, I was going to say, when we, we talk defense and getting after the quarterback, that's so important. I wanted to, to get your thought on some of the NFL this weekend, and, and you saw some just great ball games, but man, they were tough ball games for 
some defensive people with big leads that weren't able to be held. What do you make? Uh, what do you make of that that Chargers game where you're up twenty seven nothing and you lose uh, on a last second field goal? I'd like to know how many young guys were on that team because, you know, they went in at halftime saying, "Hey, we 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 got this, you know, deal taken care of. Let's just go out." You know, that's what their mind said again. And I mm-hmm. keep talking about, you know, guys have to be prepared for every second. It, and you know, and and I always laugh when I go back to baseball and when Yogi Bear said the game isn't over till the fat lady sings, mm-hmm. and and it isn't. And and when I see guys with ten seconds to five seconds left, you know, thinking it's over and shaking hands and up and how many games have you seen this year where guys are all hugging each other and doing this and all of a sudden they get beat? Mm-hmm. I've seen two of those babies. And, and, you know, those are the things that you've got to be ready to play all the time. I mean, all of the time. And if, if you're not, you, you can, you know, you can get yourself in a, in a bind, and that's what they did. Charlie McBride's with us a Monday with Charlie at Hale Varsity Radio. We were talking about this before the, the, the hour break, and Zach Taylor is keeping the tradition alive by bringing a game ball to a, uh, a different bar in Cincinnati. I think the, the Blind Pig is where Zach Taylor brought uh, Cincinnati fans a game ball. He dropped it off at the, uh, the, the, the bar last night. It kind of made its way around social media, and, and he thanked the fans for their support, and he's trying to get him to get on a bus to go to Buffalo. So there's a, a little less uh, of uh, Bill's Mafia element uh, this weekend. <laughs> where, would, where would Coach Devaney have picked to go after a, a big win? Uh, he'd probably go down to the Legion. There's more people down there. Okay, so he would have gone to the Legion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would have been down to the Legion. A lot of people don't know that place is gone now. But it was, it was one of the largest legions in the country and had a great following, and everybody that walked in the place was a Husker fan. And uh, I'm sure that that would have been the first place that he'd have gone. Is this the old legion? Yeah. I'm asking a lot. I think we're, I think we're talking to you from the old you legion. Might, you might not have been born yet. No, I, I wasn't. I, 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 I think you might be right, though. Yeah, this might be the old American legion where our studios are at, Coach. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, but, it, it, you know, Bob hung out there a lot. I mean, he and his family, and mm-hmm. we used to go there all the time for breakfast on Sunday when we could, you know, and... Uh, you know, it was always a good hangout for everybody. I mean, it was, uh, and it was always, you know, you had to make reservations for dinner because it was, I heard one time they could, they could, if they really did it, they could put 3,000 people in the place. Wow. I mean, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and Bob had his little office downstairs where he, uh, you know, held court mm-hmm. and, uh, Usually with the chief of police and the head of the FBI, and (laughs) (laughs) so everybody, everybody came to see him. Is what you're telling me? (laughs) Well, they they like to watch pro games, and so they all went down there, you know, and had their toddies, and they watched pro football. Sounds like a good time. Where, where, Where would Tom Osborne take the game ball? I don't remember getting a game ball. I don't. I don't remember. I don't know that we ever 
did that? I, I, I know that one time it was really funny. I came. Bill Callahan said, will you talk to the defense before the Missouri game? I thought, oh, brother, here we go. So I went in there, and I guess I let them have it. And <laughs> they, 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 Missouri only scored three points. Yeah, they won. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden in the mail, I'm getting the game ball, you know. <laughs> so, so I figured, you know, I don't know if I ought to put my name in the newspaper and try to sell this deal off. <laughs> Maybe the high school coaches or something, <laughs> you know. But, uh, it, you know, th- those, were the, those were the days when, you know, you, you, <laughs> you know, players – you could uh, – some of them are a little more touchy now, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, but they uh, they respond the same way. I mean, you know, you, you can bring some things that touch, that gets to them. And I, I usually got to them on something off the field mm-hmm. a lot of times because, um, uh, it, you know, a lot of guys don't think about it. And, uh, you know, I remember my mom telling me, how nervous she was before a game. And I kept thinking to myself, and my dad was the same way. He didn't say as much, but mm-hmm. he, you know, and I, I, st- I started thinking, you know something? We all are nervous before a game, but, you know, you represent the people that love you. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the important things, I think, in football and, and, and in athletics is that, uh, you know, and so a little bit once in a while I'd, you know, hit on something like that. And sometimes some guys it'll it'll hit home. One time I remember I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to talk to him. So I, I said, well, let's, you know, take this game and um, uh, make somebody in your family and, you know, dedicate everything you do in this game to that person, whether it's your grandma, grandpa, you know, whoever, your sister, brother, you know, whatever it is. And after the game, call them and tell them mm. that you did that. You know, so, you know, kids, a lot of kids told me, man, coach that, you know, and and it, it's it's surprising what, what you can come up with, what, that mentally hits some kids and some it doesn't. Some just believe you big blowhard. Charlie McBride with us. Coach, we'll watch some football this week and check in with you Monday. Thanks for the time today. Okay. Good talking to you. Have fun this weekend. You too, Coach. It'll, it'll, it'll be fun. Okay. Bye now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Let's talk some NFL and Huskers with Blackshirt Husker NFLer. And co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up, Jay Moore at Jay Moore 44 
where you find him on Twitter. Jay Bird, were you sweating out Cincy Baltimore last night? Thanks for the time. Yeah, that was that was too close there. I wasn't. I just don't like. I hated that situation for Cincinnati. It it's hard to beat an opponent, let alone two times in one year. But then you play them on you play them the last game of the season, and you got to play them in the first round of the playoffs. I did at Baltimore, and I'm like, oh, I just don't like that. It's just, it's too hard, you know, to get a team three times, and they somehow found a way. With funny thing is, we were at a dinner last night for my wife's work, and I had my phone because we were at a <laughs> place that there was no TV visible. I'm like, well, this is this is going on the phone. So when uh, when that fumble happened on the QB sneak, and Hubbard picked it up and took it, you know, 96 yards, I about pull the muscle, <laughs> trying to, try to uh, keep the excitement inside around around the dinner. And people are like, you all right? I'm like, well, yeah. It, the Bengals just took a 94 yards for a fumble recovery, you know, and uh, otherwise if the, if the Ravens would have scored that, I don't think it was – they had trouble moving the ball all, all game that second half. So that was obviously the play of the game. And, and it was a scenario where you're just happy, happy getting the win and getting out because, like I said, playing a team three times in one year – uh, and obviously, in knowing, knowing um, each they knew, each team knew each other mm-hmm. so well that uh, you just you just get out there with a W and you, you move on to Buffalo. No, the spinach and artichoke dip is incredible. That's why I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, you ever pull it off in church where you've got the earbud in? Uh, you're stuck at church, air quote stuck uh, during the the opening round. You go to the later service and. You're, you're, you're fist pumping the sermon, uh, while in reality it's really Homer Simpson going on listening to the Super Bowl during church. No, I haven't gone that far. Now, I, I mean, full disclosure, I have obviously checked the, you know, ESPN app multiple <laughs> times during <laughs> during uh, the Our Father or something like that. So, <laughs> so that's the full that's been there. But then you like get the elbow in the ribs from the wife, and she's like, cut it out. I'm like, sorry, you know. You want to go to you want to go to a Saturday evening, you know, service, and uh, there's there's games on, and those games are important too. <laughs> well, like, it's like that it's like that wedding I was at on New Year's Eve where I had it on the uh, little the little prayer padded uh, right. little meal yeah. thing. Yeah. I I, uh, I set my phone there, and there was people behind me in the row behind me watching the the college football so playoff game. Leading forward to peak. <laughs> yeah, and they're patting me on the shoulder. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Set <laughs> the volume down. I, the, the full disclosure. We're, we're all. Uh, we're all special. But, Jay, I wanted to ask you about what happened post-game last night with Zach Taylor again continuing that tradition of, of going around to, to bars within the Cincinnati area and delivering game balls for, for the people's support of them in the playoffs. And I want to get your take, A, on that, just what type of guy Zach Taylor is that, that seems to be his hallmark at this point as a, as a head coach going out and doing that. And also, if Matt Rule went into that for some big wins in Nebraska, do you think you should start taking notes? <laughs> I think you should start taking notes. But let's start winning some big games first before we cross that bridge. Uh, Fair enough with Matt Rule, yeah, but that's just Zach, man. He is—he's a man of the people, you know. He—he, he, uh, you know, he's not—he's not on social media. He's not out there. He's not—he's not doing any commercials. I'm sure he could do some Chunky Campbell's soup commercials, <laughs> like Sean McVay, or you know, or some Affleck commercials like Nick Saban and Deion Sanders. But that's just not him, you know. He's—he's he's a family man. He's just a, the most down-to-earth human being that you'll ever meet. And the guy's, you know in the top he's one of the best coaches now in the nfl and so it's it's pretty cool to see and just ha- seeing him embrace that i know last year it got so close to making the super bowl and 
and just what it means to the city of Cincinnati and what that football team means to them and, and just having some success. You know, the, the Reds haven't been successful for, for many, many years and just having, having the Bengals, you know, finally kind of get over that hump the last couple of years and obviously getting Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase and, and getting some young guys on defense. And, you, you know, and I know they're hurting still on the offensive line because Joe didn't have much time to throw last night. But it, it, it's pretty cool what, it, what, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals mean to the, obviously to the city of Cincinnati. And Zach realizes that and embraces that. And that's that's his that's his deal. It's awesome. It was, it was it was great to see him, you know, hop up there in some of those bars and with the signed footballs. And that's kind of his deal, you know. After game, you know, he's always giving out game balls, as as do many other teams and, and franchises and programs do. They hand out game balls, but it's pretty cool that you walk in there to it's a packed bar. I mean, I, I've never been to Cincinnati's uh, where they play, and shame on me. I need to get there to support that. But uh, they must obviously be. Super close to the stadium, walking distance apparently, or he's just hopping in a, in a car real quick and and getting somewhere. But that's just an awesome, awesome scenario, awesome deal for Zach to do that, and and I know it means the world to to the fans and just to see him because that's you don't you don't see you don't see head coaches you know do that you know and um, most head coaches they they meet with the team they they meet with the press and they kind of get out of there and go and so be it and go get with you know, go be with their families and and or, or prepare potentially for the next game. And uh, Zach, Zach knows what kind of impact he can make, and, and that's that's what makes him, you know, he's Zach's the same guy that I knew living at 931 Gunners Court here in Lincoln, Nebraska when we were in college and being roommates. He's the same guy then as he is now, and um, that's what makes him so, so successful, I think, um, with, with the Bengals. Jay Moore is with us talking since his big win. They are on to... Buffalo, since he's starting left tackle, Williams dislocated kneecap. They're down three starters on the offensive line. As you uh, assess this weekend's playoff situation, Jay, have you ever been on a squad that, that blew a big lead? Oh, <laughs> uh, man, not that I can think of. Now, I've been down and, and have come back, but being up 27 nothing in the playoffs, that's that's something there. It's hard to do. You know, even, I mean, and that could be a, even a Buffalo jerk. Buffalo being up seventeen yeah. nothing, you know. I mean, Buffalo's up seventeen nothing. I thought that game was was going to slip away for, or was going to slip away from 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 Miami, but they clawed back. You know, against getting that defensive touchdown. But twenty-seven, and that was. I mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, Lawrence had thrown three interceptions in that first half, and you're just like, geez, you know, let's let's keep this, you know, somewhat respectable. Then we are out and about in Omaha watching it and then we got back to the house and uh, I I had actually I thought the game I wasn't even paying attention to the game and I was actually uh, watching golf because being over in Hawaii you you know golf was still on getting live coverage at you know 9 30 10 o'clock at night I'm like oh let's check that football score real quick I'm like what they're down by two now <laughs> so then obviously I caught the end of the game and, and saw the drive and the, the sweet fourth, fourth and one play from that T formation and then the game winning field goal so that was uh that was that was pretty. Uh, that was that was that was a crazy one. I don't I don't know if we'll you know see that, something like that. Although you know Buffalo, that happened in Buffalo not too you know back in the early '90s as well, where they came back for uh, whoever they're playing. I can't remember that scenario. Oilers, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they 
We've seen it before, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen that often, obviously. Jay, I saw on Twitter that someone called the uh, Vikings-Giants games the most shocking first-round exit that every football fan on earth has seen coming for the past six weeks. Is that fair? That's very fair. My old man's a Vikings fan, and I'm like, how are you feeling? He goes, they're going to lose in the first round. You know, they go 13-4. and four. He goes, what they do? <laughs> they lose in the first round. They always, you know, they always get your expectations high, and then – they get shot down. So he he was he was uh, very prepared for that for that first round exit, as I'm sure. Uh, but you know, 95 percent of other Vikings fans, you know, maybe there's some hopeless romantics still out there, but I think majority of them just knew that you know Kirk Cousins was going to you know somehow try to complete a fourth and eight you know ball and only throw about a three yard out route. So that, I think that about sealed the deal. For uh, for the Vikings fans, just well, that, that about sums up the, the Vikings franchise yes. as a whole. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Jay Moore is with us, Blackshirt Husker NFLer, Hail Varsity Radio, and co-host Big Red Wrap Up. Jay, going to switch gears, talk some Nebraska. Nebraska has had to rebuild their pass rush. Uh, Nelson, Mathis, Tanner gone. Wallen out of the JUCO ranks. Chief Bordas from Florida. A, a high-star guy that needed new scenery. And then also uh, MJ Sherman. Uh, we've kind of researched him a little bit with some of his YouTube time with Georgia. Super motivated kid, uh, 6'2", 250, is working on be a, being a better pass rusher. But, man, the, uh, well, the stars were there, and it was a, a difficulty, as you'd expect, going from high school to the SEC. What's your early take on adding Sherman uh, to get after the quarterback for Nebraska? Yeah, obviously a, a fairly good get. I, you know, you're always, I, like I said before, I'm always a little skeptical, you know, why is the, why is the guy transferring? But that's hard. I, I understand the, the, you know, trying to go from being a five-star in, in high school and, and trying to compete in the SEC or Big 12 or Big Ten, whatever it is, I, I I know it's it's not an easy an easy scenario. It wasn't it wasn't easy for me by any means. So I know what he's he's gone through. And then you went from a you know a fish in a small pond to a big fish in a small pond to a big fish in an ocean that have way bigger fish because uh, Georgia is loaded and they have talent galore and it's hard. You got to compete. You got to you you know and you you have to. You can't just win on talent alone. Once you get to that level, you got to understand the schematics of everything. You got to understand. You got to be a student of the game. Now you got to understand the the why and in the when you're going to do that in 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 real time. And you're playing you're playing the best of the best week in week out in the SEC. And so I uh, I'm happy I'm happy he was able to uh, we're able to snag him. I, you know we were able you know can can take him and and make a project out of him and and hopefully get some better boost his confidence sounds like that might be an issue and you know get him just to, to play with within himself and play within our scheme and and, and help out because we're gonna, we're gonna need it we're, we're not we're you mentioned some of those guys already that have, that have stepped up and, and it came in in the transfers so you know we're gonna need him so hopefully he's he's got the right attitude and we'll get him under some some great coaching and and get him give him to get where you know, Georgia expected him to go, and obviously it didn't work out there. So, um, I have I have high hopes for the guy, but let's uh, 
let you know, let's just get him here, get him comfortable, and and just get him going the right direction and get that confidence boosted. And I think he'll uh, he'll be okay. Jay Moore with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes with Jay. We'll get some more thoughts on Nebraska and Coach Rule and uh, the NFL slate that awaits. Uh, good stuff. Um, Charlie McBride, uh, just an incredible sit-down with him last segment. And uh, we talked with Dean Blevins on Walter Rouse's decision to go back to Norman. More from Jay Moore next on Hale Varsity. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy. Jay Moore is with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes with Jay. And Jay, you just mentioned that kind of the, the transfer portal additions on the edge, and I want to get your take on the interior defensive line and where it stands right now. Do you have any reservations about what this interior defensive line could be? Because I think you could make a strong argument that that was the weakest position on the defense last season, and there hasn't been any notable upgrades within that room, and you're also losing uh, a guy in Colton Feast who was a, a pretty regular starter for you last season. So do you have any reservations about what the interior defensive line could be next year, at least how it stands right now? Yeah, I, I mean, you have Ty Robinson coming back, and you have Matt, Matt uh, Hutchmacher coming back, so they both played a ton of a ton of reps. I think Nash is going to, if they do end up running a three-three-five. I think he fits rather well into that scheme. Obviously, Ty fits rather well into that scheme. Uh, either you want to play him at the tackle spot. I think Nash obviously fits more at the nose. So I think those two guys fit well. I just you you are. I mean, we were thin. We were very very thin uh, last year, and it, and it showed at the time, especially kind of earlier in the year. Once we kind of were Bill Bush kind of resurrected the defense and changed some things schematically, but. Yeah, I don't. No one, no one, kind of coming in, whether it's the transfer portal or you know, recruits. I can't think of anyone that you know said, "Hey, they're going to play day, you know, day one." Just they're going to have to develop. You're going to have to find some guys and and see what's available. You're going now. Guys are going to have. I mean, it is it is wide open, you know, and they're gonna they're gonna see who can do what. And if they didn't play well, you know, within the the past with the past staff and the past scheme, this is a great chance for young guys to. Just to start over and and get yourself going. That's kind of a scenario I was in. You know, I was I redshirted my freshman year um, with Solich in 2002. Then obviously in 03 didn't didn't play uh, at all. Uh, was still pretty raw and, and and then all of a sudden you know Bill Callahan comes in with all new staff and then, and then boom I you know I was I was I had a fresh start. You know there was there was no reservations or there was there was nothing else there and all of a sudden bam i got i was able able to you know get myself up into uh playing with the ones and twos right right you know towards the end of spring ball so i think a lot of guys will be in that scenario especially on the interior that's great that's awesome i i I hope they all 
you know, grasp that opportunity because it's going to be there. They're they're going to they're going to play the best, and uh, it's the coaching is going to be vastly different, I believe, than than what they had what they have gotten with the previous staff. So it's going to be it's going to be you know a, a great situation for not only Ty and Nash and and the other guys, but the the, the young guys that you know that they brought in the last couple of years that really just haven't gotten uh, I wouldn't say a fair shake, but they just haven't had a chance yet to play because they they were young and. Uh, they need a little bit of time to develop. Now now it's time to grasp that opportunity because it's, it's definitely going to be there for those guys. Jay Moore with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Jay, a thought on, on Matt Rule so far with how he closed on recruiting, what they've done in the portal, and just how he's well, he's hit the right notes uh, publicly and, and professionally, at least always on the road, dogged recruiter, uh, and also uh, been seen in public. And he's clearly said the right things in public. Just the energy is is vastly different. They are so appreciative for this opportunity that they that they've been given, and I I think he truly does. I don't, you know, he obviously he can he can speak to to uh, to whomever or to whatever it may you know it may need to be, and but he does you know they are they he truly does understand this opportunity that's been given to him. And his staff, and the resources that are there, and just the history of this program, and I think he truly does feel obligated to get this thing back to where it was. And what he referenced, you know, in in you know his playing days, you know, with Penn State, and understanding just what Nebraska was, and what it, you know, and how how we've gotten to where it is now, and how to get it back. And I truly believe he he understands that, and he has the energy to do it, and that's. It's, we haven't seen that in a while, just from the recruiting and just the interaction with the fans and, and social media, completely opposite of, of Scott and, and the previous staff. It almost it almost seemed like some of the stuff they had to do was an annoyance to them, where Matt is in the staff, they seem extremely happy to do it. Now, that obviously can't change as uh, it's, 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 we're still in the honeymoon period right now, obviously, and you know they they win a, they lose a few games next year. It could change uh, rather quickly, but I, I think it, they they truly are happy and they want to succeed. Obviously, and and they they under they they've been given the keys to a, a a sweet car man, and they are going to get it going. They want to get there rather quickly. So the energy and everything, and just the way he's able to communicate with the fan base, current current players, future players, recruits, former players. Uh, I I think he he's he's hit every he's dotted every I and, and crossed every T right now, uh, to my understanding and, and, and to my and to my knowledge, which I think uh, you know <laughs> take that for what it's worth. But I, I'm I'm extremely happy with the way Matt Rule and, and this staff has operated so far in the last, in the first couple of months being in Lincoln. Jay Moore is with us here. And Jay, last thought, let's flip it to Monday Night Football tonight. The Cowboys going on the road, taking on the Buccaneers. And for what it's worth, the last time the Cowboys won a road playoff game was 1993 when Tom Brady was 15 years old. So they got some history they have to erase tonight if they want to get it done. Who are you taking tonight? you taking Buccaneers taking Cowboys? Oh, my gosh. This is hard. This is a tough one. It's hard to not take Tom Brady in the playoffs. And the reason being, I, I just saw how Dallas played the last game against against Washington. And I know it's a slightly different situation. Cowboys had clinched. I don't think they could have. If they would have won, they wouldn't have bettered their seed. So I don't know how much effort 
game plan, all that stuff was going forward. Let's let's get some reps. Let's not get anyone hurt. Man, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take <laughs> I'm taking the Bucks at home. Mm-hmm. It's hard to pick against them with Tom Brady. Uh, he knows he knows how to operate in these situations. Dak Prescott does not, and this 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 seems very similar to to a Minnesota Vikings situation. Performed very very good in the year, but boom, getting the first round of playoffs, and it's, they can't seal the deal. So, give me give me the man that has uh, what six Super Bowls, or maybe because <laughs> he maybe has more than that. But uh, give me give me Tom Brady at home against against the against a Cowboy team who did not uh, finish the year very strong. Tom Brady, 35 career playoff wins. Dallas, 35 total playoff wins in their history. Wow. So, Jay Moore is shading towards the GOAT. I love it. Jay, we'll get caught up again soon. Thanks for talking a few minutes. Yep, thanks, fellas. Good to hear from Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL, or co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. So, Elijah, you have the college football home. That's the Twitter handle. Uh, they are asking for the greatest head coach, assistant coach duos. And the first four pictured, you've got Stoops and Spurrier. Uh, you have uh, Virginia Tech, Beamer, and their defensive coordinator is his mind and his name is escaping me. That's awful. I should know that. Uh, of course, you had Mickey and, and, and uh, old, uh, good old Bobby, Bowden, Solich, and T.O., as you scroll down, you have Saban and Kirby on the sidelines at Bama, but not far below is T.O. and Uncle Charlie. Coach McBride's pretty good. This is the kicker, Luther and, and Hayden from the TV show Coach, <laughs> which was all right. We'll wind out on Monday, a tale of our city, and we're presented by Currency. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio presented to you by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Big thanks to Charlie McBride today. Also, uh, Jay Moore this hour and Dean Blevins in hour one on Walter Rouse's decision to flip to Oklahoma. Some sooner insight there. Check that out. We'll have uh, some snippets up on the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter handle. From a couple of today's interviews, check the show out in its entirety on video. Hail Varsity YouTube channel can get the segments, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, the entire show or segments of the show 
on the uh, the uh, the Herd Ed platform, of course, and then Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Catch us and follow us on the Hale Varsity Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio. Catch Coffee and Cream weekday morning, seven to nine. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, check that out. Good stuff. And then uh, Hale Varsity, ESPN Lincoln, and ESPN Lincoln Facebook. So ways to watch the show. At Herbal Essence for Elijah, at Schmidt underscore radio for me, Chris Schmidt. Tomorrow's show, loaded up, we will check in with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Mitch will be with us around 420 or so. And then in hour two, uh, Buffalo Bills stand out, Husker stand out. Get some Bills Mafia thoughts from Chris Kelsey. Chris mm-hmm. Kelsey going to be with us. And uh, Husker Wrestling, big time work by Coach Manning and his crew uh, as they are uh, doing their thing, they beat Northwestern in a duel. So Coach Manning tomorrow around 5.20 or so. Catch up with Coach Manning. Of course, Nebraska and Iowa on Friday, their duel gets rolling. So, and that's always big time. Yeah. Big. I've told the story on this show a couple of times before, but Iowa City is the only place I've ever gone where in the sports bar they have wrestling singlets hung up, just to show they, you what, no, what type they of do. institution they do. it is. And the, like, bar, the bar we went to, the uh, Thanksgiving evening before the Iowa game on the on Black Friday. Yeah, there was wrestling stuff up. Iowa Russ toured the town, showed us where to go. Tomorrow, uh, again, Coach Manning, Chris Kelsey, Mitch Sherman. Wednesday, road show, 10th and P. We are at Rosie's. Rosie's downtown. Appreciate Munchie and the crew having us out before Nebraska and Ohio State. So 6 o'clock tip. For Nebraska-Ohio State, you're going to need to get a good and lathered up and do so with our friends uh, down at Rosie's downtown location just south of the embassy. Want to see you there. We're live on location for right up till tip-off. So come by, say hi. Some special guests we are efforting to join us on location. So uh, Rosie's downtown location in Lincoln. Come see us 4 to 6 on Wednesday. Don't believe all that snow in the forecast. And even so, hey, just put it in four-wheel drive. It'll be all right. If you live in Nebraska and you're ready to drive through some snow, you shouldn't be living in Nebraska. Before we get out of here, should we uh, predict some Cowboys and Buccaneers tonight? Minus two and a half. Where are you going? Give me the Cowboys. Okay. Sounds sounds good to me. Hey, they say never bet against Tom Brady, so uh, I'm going to throw that information right back into one's Jensen being back at center is... Monumental. I think the Cowboys get after Tom Brady. I think they make him uncomfortable in the pocket. I think it's a close game. Don't get me wrong. But give me Cowboys 28 and Buccaneers 24. Uh, I'm going to go right there with you, but I'm going to say the win and cover 27. You say 28? I said 28-24 Cowboys. I said 27-24 Tampa. Works for me. All right. Back tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. Thanks for tuning in as we're presented by Currency. A Huda Media Production.